The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C dot com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today, we are sharing the first part of a sermon preached on the last day of 2023 on the occasion of the baptism of one of God's little sheep that was led our way. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21, we learn that there is a salvation in baptism. But what kind of salvation is it? In this sermon, we learn from Scripture that the salvation we find in baptism is not eternal, but is nonetheless extremely important in the discipleship of the child of God. We hope you'll stay tuned for this weekend's sermon. First, we have a song selection that we hope will be edifying and uplifting to you.
Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. I want to start out by reading one verse and then we're going to go back and pick up some other verses. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As has already been mentioned, we have a baptism today, and I suppose that's why this topic's been on my mind so much this week. But I want you to notice what that verse said. It says, the like figure whereunto baptism doth now save us. I want to focus on that this morning for a little while. The fact that baptism saves us. Now, in order to rightly divide that statement, you cannot, first of all, take it out of context. I've said this many times, quoting Brother Sonny Piles, that a text out of context is usually just a pretext. It's a pretext to try to prove some pet theory. Context is everything when it comes to rightly dividing the Word of God. Uh, also, in order to understand that, we need to keep in mind what we as Primitive Baptists and maybe a few other uh, denominations teach, and that is that, um, that there are two types of salvation taught in Scripture. Not just one type, two types. There's eternal salvation, which is solely and wholly in the hands of the Lord. And then there's a timely salvation, a timely deliverance that has a lot to do with our actions and our decisions and our choices here. Uh, the timely salvation that we're talking about does not affect the eternal salvation. We may sometimes make the right choices and deliver ourselves and save ourselves from this untoward generation, as Peter said. And sometimes we may not. That's been my experience. My experience is sometimes I make the right decision. Sometimes I make the wrong decision. But whether I make the right decision or whether I make the wrong decision, God had made, already made the decision to save his people from their sins. And that's not affected by my feeble efforts to even to try to follow him. Because quite frankly, I, I could never put enough effort into it and never get it right enough to where that I could follow him enough to get to heaven. So this morning, what we're talking about here, where baptism doth now save us, is clearly not talking about an eternal salvation, which we'll come back to that in a few minutes. But, but in order to set the stage and to get the context here, let's go back to verse 18, and we're going to read verse 21 in context. Verse 18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So let's talk about this for a few minutes and try to get a sense of what baptism is and how it saves us. 
So first of all, we've got to see the proper foundation for baptism. And we see that beginning back in verse 18. The foundation for baptism is the finished work of Jesus Christ. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. He did not go to the cross to suffer multiple times. We do not have to, he does not have to go back to the cross to suffer again. He went once and he suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. He didn't say there that he might bring us almost to God or that he might bring us close enough to God that we can go the rest of the way because he, he, didn't, he didn't do that. He didn't make us savable, you see. Most people believe in the world today that Jesus' death on the cross made men savable. Beloved, he said in his word emphatically, he came to save his people. He didn't come to make them savable. Praise God for that. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if Christ didn't do it, we surely can't. We don't have the ability. You know, you say, well, I can do enough good works to outweigh my bad works. You know, you know there are people that believe that one day... We're going to stand before the judgment seat of God and God's going to weigh out our good works against our bad works. I pray that is not the case because I can tell you all my bad works greatly outweigh my good works. See, you say, well, preacher, hadn't you done some good things in your life? Yeah, I've done some good things in my life. You have too. I've helped my neighbor out. I've given money to the poor. I've given money to the church. I've, I've devoted some time here and there to helping folks out. But you know, the problem with that is that Isaiah tells us that every single thing we do like that, you want to call it a righteous act. He says all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Now why is that? Why, why is it that it's that way? Well, I, I don't have time to go into it this morning. I think you know already. You go back to the Garden of Eden and you read about Adam falling, eating of the fruit. You know what God said? God did not say... In the day you eat of that fruit, now, Adam, you're going to get sick and you're going to almost die if you don't do something about it. He didn't say that, did he? <laughs> you know what he said? In the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. And beloved, dead is dead. There's no, there's no life in the one that's dead. There's no, there's, as, as, as my old preacher, Brother J.C. Russian used to say, he's a great fisherman. He's talking about fish that, you know, we'd stick in the live well there. Sometimes they stay alive and sometimes they don't. And he, he would use that example. He said, he said, there's not a spiritual wiggle in a, dead, a man that's dead in trespasses and in sins. There's nothing there, you see. There's no activity. And, and that's the problem. The problem is, is that even when I do something good, even though I've been born again of the Spirit, now I can do things to serve God. But even when I do something good, I'm tainted by that old Adamic nature. I've never done anything completely good in my life. I've tried, and I'm sure you have too. And I'm going to try again, and you ought to try. But I promise you everything you do is somehow tainted by the sin of Adam. Your motive is not pure. Your, 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 the things you do aren't completely pure. You see, everything we do is filthy rags. If, if we have to stand before God with the filthy rags of our own righteousnesses, we have no hope. See, here we say, he says, Christ hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. You know, I read about there over, and I think it's the 11th chapter, but don't hold me to that. I, I, could, be, I could be off on that. In 2 Samuel over there, there's an account of where, where David went looking, sent a servant out to look for the only surviving uh, descendants 
of Jonathan, his good, dear friend. And there was a man uh, called Mephibosheth over there who was lame in both of his legs. And you know what it says that David did? David didn't send a message down to Mephibosheth and say, Mephibosheth, if you can work it up within you to get over here to the palace, I'll take care of you. He sent his servant, and the word he uses there, he fetched him. <laughs> Praise God for that. He fetched him. Beloved, that's a type of the Holy Spirit of God. You know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit fetches us. He fetches us because we would not come on our own. In John chapter 6, it says that no man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. You see, we, within ourselves, we cannot come to him. Jesus Christ once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And he did just that. Praise God for that. He, came, he brought us to God. That's the foundation for any baptism is the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, now, now listen, the motivation for baptism is hearing the preached word about the finished work of Christ. That's why we need to preach it so diligently. We don't need to water it down. We don't need to get the message wrong. We need to preach the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, conversion and regeneration are two different things. Regeneration occurs by the direct operation of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't have time to go through it all, but understand that Jesus in chapter 3 of John told Nicodemus, it's like the wind, it blows where it listeth. And thou canst not hear where it's come from. You can see the passing of it, but you can't tell where it came from or where it's going. And that's how everyone is born of the Spirit of God. See, it's like the wind. We don't harness the wind. I can't go out there and speak some incantation and make the wind come to me. Neither can a child who is uh, unregenerate, an unregenerate child of God, can't go out there and speak some incantation and, and obligate the Spirit to come to him and save him. You see, a baby doesn't cry anyway till it's been born. <laughs> Sister Jessica's little baby, it won't, it, it, it's not cried yet. But the day it's born, it'll cry. If it's a healthy baby, it'll cry, you see. But it's because it's been born, not in order to get born, you see. Baptism is something different than regeneration. Baptism occurs after the new birth. Baptism is something that's for those who have been regenerated. Baptism follows conversion. You might even say baptism is a part of conversion. It's the natural flow from conversion. If one is converted... He should want to be baptized. And it almost always occurs after someone has heard the preaching of the gospel. Notice what he says here in verse 19. These are some difficult, these are some verses that I've struggled with through the years, but I, I hope the Lord has given me some light on them to try to rightly divide them here. He says, by which also, notice it says that he might, going back to verse 18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, as a man he died, but quickened by the Spirit, okay? He was raised again by the Spirit of God. By which, by what? By the Spirit, right? By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. There's been a lot of misunderstanding about that verse. I've struggled with it through the, through the years. 
You know, there are those that teach that this means that when Jesus died, he went down into hell and preached the gospel to those in hell. Or some teach that there is some compartment where the Old Testament saints were kept until Jesus died. And then Jesus went and preached to them and to where they would hear the gospel and convert and then they could go to heaven. I read about a man, a rich man and a beggar named Lazarus, though, during Jesus' day before he went to the cross where the rich man opened his eyes in hell and Lazarus opened his eyes in heaven. It was called the bosom of Abraham. So what is this talking about? It's not talking about some mystical thing like that. Notice what it says. He says, by which he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. By what? By the spirit of God. He's pointing us to preaching that occurred in the time of Noah. He's using that. And the reason he goes here is he's about to use the time of Noah as an example of what baptism is all about. He's going to compare it. So he says, by this same spirit, by which there means by the spirit of God, he has gone in the days of Noah to go preach to those spirits that were disobedient. Turn with me back just for a minute, just so we get the context there to Genesis chapter six. Let's look at the days of Noah for a minute and see maybe a little bit about what he's talking about. In Genesis chapter six, in verse one, we read the following. And it came to pass when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. Those sons of God there are men. Those are those uh, that, that there's a reference to not not to angels, but to men. It says they took them wives of all which they chose. They didn't seek God's will. They didn't they didn't try to follow the Lord's path. And by the way, that's a good lesson to us as um, as children of God today, that when we go to seek a spouse, whether it's husband or wife, we need to find God's will and not go the way we choose. And it says in verse three, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. We'll come back to that in a moment. But he says, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown, not men of God, but men of renown, men who were trying to make their name, their name in this world. And notice verse five. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great and the, great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Look at the situation here in Noah's day. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, not just the thoughts of his heart, not just the thoughts in his mind that, that, that I, I think that's a reference to those things he intentionally is thinking about. You know, he, you know, there are things that you plan, there are things you, you, uh, you, you think about and you, you bring it to your mind. But he's not just talking about those things that, he intent, that man was intentionally thinking about. Every imagination. You know, aren't there some things that, don't you have crazy thoughts sometimes? <laughs> Don't you have crazy dreams? Sometimes I sit around and I start thinking about something. I start thinking about one thing over here and I end up, before it's over with, going down a rabbit trail to something way over there, out in left field or right field, you see. Well, hopefully those things that we think about as children of God aren't, aren't wicked things. But apparently in that day, every imagination, everything that came into man's mind in that day was wicked. And it says in verse 11, 
The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And that's when God went to Noah and said, The end of all flesh is come before me. And he told Noah what he was going to be doing. He, he was a, this was a time when all flesh was corrupted. You know, over in Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, you don't have to turn there and read it, but he calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. Noah was a preacher of righteousness in that day. Now, I want to say to you this. If you're here this morning and you think preaching is a vocation that somebody has chose that somebody chooses voluntarily, then maybe there are those that do that. I know there are some men that choose to be preachers, but God didn't call them. Beloved, a true preacher is called of God and true preaching is only done through the spirit of God. I mean, I could write out a little speech for you today. I could stand here and, and quote some Bible and I could even just read the scripture. I knew a preacher one time that all he did was just read the scripture. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, I, that's, there's nothing wrong with the scripture, but the time for reading scripture is not in the pulpit. Now, don't misunderstand what I just said. Uh, we, should be, uh, we should be reading the scripture. We should be preaching from the scripture, but it's, preaching is different than reading is what I'm trying to say. And if I have any preaching that I've ever done in my life, it's through the spirit of God. And I believe that's what he's talking about there. He says, by which he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. There was at least one man preaching in that time. It's about 120 years. There was a preacher of righteousness, a man named Noah. Now, I don't know how he preached. I don't know if he did it verbally or if he did it just by building the ark. But I suspect that Noah was telling people why. You know, that's something that we need to be doing. We need to be sharing with people why. Why are we here on New Year's Eve, Sunday morning? Why are we coming back tonight, Sunday night, New Year's Eve? There's a lot more exciting things to do out there in the world, according to the world's standards. Well, by just being here, we're preaching, you see. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J. C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.